Thank you so much for being a listener of the Deep Believer Show. We love our listeners, we pray for our listeners, and we love to hear from our listeners. So if you have anything you'd like to say, if you have any testimonies, or if you have any questions, leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being a listener of The Deep Believer Show. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today, we have a return guest. You may remember her from when she was able to go to heaven and see the books that everyone has for their lives, how their lives were written out and how the Lord has plans for all of us. And there are plans that we are supposed to fulfill. Well, this time, there was something that she didn't mention in that interview. And that is the time that she sat on Jesus's lap. And with that, she learned the lineage and she's going to share the lineage with us. Patience Dean, thank you so much for being with us again today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So Patience, when I spoke to you recently, you told me that, oh my goodness, Jennifer, there was one really important part of the story that I didn't mention and it was so vital. What was it? So tell us what happened. You were in college and what happened? There was the part of my testimony where I actually had the opportunity to sit on God's lap. So this part, I was in college. Um, I had a roommate. And during that time, I mean, it's, the story is kind of long, but I have time. So I'll try. I'll, I'll kind of dig a little bit more into it today. Um, so there was a situation where I was I had a roommate and I was, it was set up to where I was paying up the rent for six months. So all she had to pay was like utilities. Um, and then her uncle didn't have anywhere to stay. So he, she was like, you know, can my uncle come by and stay here? Um, so we actually ended up inviting him into the home. He came, he was sleeping on the couch. Um, but then we started finding out that he was you no know, watching porn around the kids and things like that. Cause at the time my son was really young. I think he was not even one yet and then she had a little baby girl about the same age and she had a 10 year old daughter too um so i had a conversation with him i was like hey you know you can't watch that here and not only that but you know me being very strong in the spirit um i was having to kick those demons out of the house because i would literally come home and 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 see the the, the demons in there and i would have to kick them out so i even if he didn't tell me he was watching i i could tell when he was watching it because it was literally like a portal that was releasing those spirits into the house. Um, so when we got close to the end of the lease, um, I had a conversation with him. I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to pay again because we can't, you know, we can't have him here, you know, doing these things. Um, so at that point, everything just kind of got sour in the whole relationship. Um, after I told him I wasn't going to renew the lease and everything. When, when it got closer to the time we were supposed to leave, um, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to be bringing a truck to come move out my stuff. So this was like maybe two days before we're supposed to leave. I went, a friend of mine, we had a, we used to have a van because we used to have a ministry for the homeless. Well, when they moved out, we would help them with that getting new furniture and move to move into their new place. So they weren't moving out of the shelter into an empty place. Um, so our ministry would give them free furniture and move it in. So we, we brought that van with me, you know, to the house <laughs> to try to help me move um, that day. And when I came into the house, all of my stuff was gone when we came to move the stuff. So... <laughs> So it was crazy because the girl that was with me, she was looking at me because she thought I was going to flip out, like literally everything I own. I'm talking about furniture, bed, everything. 
was gone. Um, and this, this was basically the big thing that happened right after um, the situation of me walking well, and seeing um, and sitting on God's lap. So about a couple of days before we got to the point where all my stuff was gone, there was just so much tension in the house. And I remember just feeling like, you know how you can almost like, it's so thick in the air. It's almost like somebody shooting arrows at you type thing. And so there was just so much heaviness on me that day. And I decided to go to my room. And as I was going to my room, when I got in there, when I jumped up on the bed, because I'm really, really short. So right before I, <laughs> I have to like literally jump up to sit back to get on the bed. Um, so I got up there and I literally, once I hit the bed, I was sitting in God's lap. And so the, it happened so quick because it's kind of like you're, you're one minute, you're in the bed and then the next minute. Um, and I could tell exactly where I was. He was sitting on his throne. I was sitting on his lap. Um, and then the Holy Spirit came over me like a comforter literally just dropped, come like wrapped over me. So now I have a different view. Now, when I read, when I read about the Holy Spirit being a comforter, it's completely different to me because I've actually experienced him on me um, as a comforter. And as I was sitting there, I didn't see much. I did see God's robe. So I could see like the white robe, but it wasn't like, you know, cause up there, the colors aren't the same down here. There's like light radiating from it um and there was so much light i didn't really see much anything else and i wasn't really looking anyway because i was enjoying just the presence because that day was just so heavy i just i was just glad to be there and to have all the stuff just coming off of me literally um and then i sat there i don't know how long it was in like natural time but when i came back it was like after 25 minutes later um and then when i opened my eyes i was back on my bed and then one of the things that that experience just taught me is that it, it when you think about it just let's say for example like the child the average child that's sitting on the lap of their parents there's so much that happens just in that moment that you really you can't even explain it um i was babysitting a little baby <laughs> the other day and the lord was even giving me a revelation it was like you know even as she was sitting on my lap and i was holding her she was eating her bottle and it was like just being there number one is it, it creates a bond for the child number two the child feels accepted number three the child feels loved and number four the child feels protected and even when you look at the developmental stages of a child bonding with the parents or that mother or the father um if that bond doesn't happen something is always broken even later on um and they even say that if a baby doesn't bond with the mother early on there's even developmentally they're not able to even progress developmentally it's like there's things that happen even in the developmental stages that they're not even able to fully form as the person that they were supposed to be and they're not even able to develop with their peers because of that lack of that bond and that was the revelation that i had because even sitting on god's lap number one it allows me to bond with god in another way because i was able to see things from his perspective it allowed me to feel accepted loved and protected in his lap and he says the biggest problem that we see in the church today are christians that are not bonded with the lord they don't even know that they can bond with him and when you don't bond with your father um, or with your heavenly father it creates a dysfunctional relationship so there's so many christians that have a dysfunctional relationship with god and there are so many christians that are developmentally stagnated 
in their faith and in their walk with God because of their lack of that bond. And it's, it's so important for us to have that because if you don't have the bond, number one, you're not going to feel accepted. You're not going to feel loved. You're not going to feel protected. That's why we see so many people with the view of God as, you know, just this big guy in the sky that's waiting for them to do something wrong to pound on them because there was never that bond. And so everybody has a dysfunctional, well, most people have a dysfunctional relationship with God. Now, my question to you is this, well, people are wondering, well, how do I get to that bond? Some people are thinking, maybe I'll read my Bible more, pray more. What would you say is the way that a person could get closer to God? Well, the first thing that you need to understand is that you can have a close relationship with God. I think that's the first barrier that we have because religion and things, you know, have taught us that, oh, you need to go to a priest to pray for you, or you need to go to your pastor to pray for you. Um, And it's kind of taken away that connection of, okay, you can just go to God yourself. You can actually, you know, go into the holies of holies um, yourself. Um, And so once we get past, I think that mental block of he's not intangible, like you really can reach him. You know, he's really, he's right here. You can access him. You don't even need an experience to heaven (laughs) to access him because the scripture says that everything that we need, God supplies all of our need according to his riches in glory. And they're placed in glory by Christ Jesus. So if you want to get to God, only thing you need to do is access the glory. Okay, so what are some things that we can do to get the glory to be released? You can worship. You can play some worship music. Um, I know I like to dance. I don't do it in public, <laughs> but it's just it's just in the secret place. <laughs> secret place. <laughs> just me and God, and and I'll dance. Um, I'll and then reading your word is another way that you can anything that releases the glory of God. Speaking in tongues. Anything that gets you into that glory, because all of the riches are in the glory, whether you're in need of freedom from depression, whether you're in need for for just joy, maybe you're feeling down, whether you're in need um, of just healing, maybe there's something going on with your body, whether you're just in need of of experiencing God's love like you never have before, um, all of those riches are in the glory. And when we spend time in the glory, that is the secret place that is behind the veil. That is the place where he says, if you will learn how to dwell in this secret place, if you will just learn how to dwell there, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. So that's how you get there. If you can get to the glory and keep and stay there till you get into that secret place, you will find yourself under his shadow. And that's literally like under his, basically like on, on sitting on his lap, right? Because if I was standing next to you, Jennifer, in order for me to be under your shadow, I'd be, have to be pretty close to you. I have to literally be like, literally right up under you, right? To be under your shadow. And so he's literally giving us a roadmap. You can draw close to me. As a matter of fact, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. He tells you like, and it's to me, it's so beautiful because when I see it, it's almost kind of like a dance, right? Because it's kind of like, you know how the father takes the daughter and he puts her little feet up on his feet. And as she moves her feet, it's like he's saying, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you, right? If you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. And it becomes like this dance in the realm of the spirit where you have such that intimacy with God, where it literally creates your own dance. 
<laughs> and that's really what all a mental is. It's a unique dance and a, and a closeness with God that that person has that was so powerful now that it can be released and dropped onto the next generation. Now, what about people who are like, okay, I feel like I try to do this, but there are always distractions. I always get distracted by something, by my kids, by work, by my phone, by all this stuff. How can they stay focused on worship and meditation and dancing and, and all of this? How do they stay focused? What do you say? Well, that's a great question because that's the enemy's biggest strategy because he knows our greatest asset is time. He knows his time is running out. So he puts all this stuff out here to keep us busy, you know, social media, you know, like just all of the, the different types of entertainment is just to keep us busy. And I know people say they don't have time, but I bet you if you looked at their screen, their screen time and how much time they're spending on YouTube, how much time they're spending on Netflix, I bet you some of our phones can testify against us, right? Like you said you didn't have time to pray this week, but look at how much time you were on Facebook, right? You, you said you didn't have time to worship this week, but look at how much time you spent on Instagram. So at the end of the day, it's priority. It, it, everything comes down to priority. You know, we have even, even our, our relationships, right? You can get so busy doing different things, maybe doing, being so busy in your business that you forget about your marriage. But again, that all boils down to your priority. Is it important enough to you for you to make time for it? Because we make time for what's important to us. We do. We do. I bet we don't forget to eat. Did you say hi to God this morning? No, but you didn't forget that plate though. <laughs> right? It's just a priority. So it, at the end of the day, it's, it's to, if you have to sit there and actually schedule it in, if you're the type of person that, you know, likes to see it on your schedule to make time for it, then do that. Because at the end of the day, our tithe is not just money. It's 10% of your time too. If there's 24 hours in the day, 2.4 hours of your day belongs to God. Amen. So you need to schedule out those 2.4 hours. And say, hey, I'm going to spend this time with the Lord, whether I just spend it playing my, you know, playing some music or just spend it sitting there reading my Bible or just spend maybe spend it sitting there putting on YouTube, you know, play the audio Bible and just sitting in a place where you can just let let the Lord talk and just have a quiet place where you meet with him. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to have any type of relationship with somebody, you have to spend time with them. Right. If, if, if I'm saying if I meet a guy and I'm like, hey, we, we, we want to be in this relationship. If we never spend time together, what type of relationship is that? You're going to have to go on dates, right? You're going to have to actually schedule time and say, hey, we're going to meet at this restaurant at 6 p.m. on Friday. That's a date. We need to do that with God. Have a date with if God. You... <laughs> I like that. Exactly. You have date night with your spouse. Because our marriages are really just an image, a mirror image of what our relationship with God is. Because, you know, the bride is the church. And then we have Jesus. So it's the same thing. If we have date nights, why don't you have a date night with God? Why haven't you scheduled your date nights with God? You can't have intimacy with somebody if you don't spend one-on-one -on -one time with them. That's just, you don't even have to be a Christian to know that. Like, if I'm going to get close to someone, I need to have one-on-one -on -one time, no distractions, the phone is off. It is just me and them spending time together. And that's what we need to prioritize. Actually schedule a date night at least every week with the Lord. You have the time. Every, we all have the time. We have 24 hours in a day. 
2.4 of those hours belong to the Lord. That's just part of your reasonable service, your tithe, your 10%. So let's go back to the very beginning of when you mentioned that a friend of yours took all your furniture, all your belongings. Why did she take all your belongings? I'm sure people are wondering, wow, that, you know, what she said, that went pretty quick. So do you know why she took your belongings? Um, I think she was just upset because I decided not to, you know, renew the lease. So this is basically what happened. So we got an apartment together. And because I was in college, I would take like my refund check and pay up the rent for like six months. So I could just focus on school because I already had my son at that time. So I didn't want to have to work or anything. I was like, I'll just focus on that. The rent is paid for six months. All you have to pay um, as my roommate is the utilities, which is a sweet deal because the rent is more than the utilities, right? <laughs> um, and she was working. But when it was everything was fine in our relationship until the uncle came. And then, you know, sleeping on the couch and then he started watching the porn and things. And then when I said something about it, he got angry and then, you know, kind of spewed that um, back into her. So that was kind of where that tension came from. And then once I told them after, the, when the, once the lease ends, I'm not renewing the lease. I think that's when they really got mad and were like, well, we'll just take everything she owns. Um, but then even the end of that story, which I think is just absolutely beautiful, because I think everything that we do and everything that we go through in our lives is really to grow us and to crush us into another dimension of love. And so after me and the, the other young lady came back with the van and all my stuff was gone, I, at that time, I decided, hey, I was going to come back and confront her the next day. So I was like, well, I'm going to come back tomorrow. You know, I know what time she gets off work. I'm going to come back because her stuff was still in her room. <laughs> but all my stuff was gone. <laughs> so when I came when on my way back that next day, driving back to the house to confront her, the Holy Spirit said, now give her your car. And I mean, I'm, I'm just like, okay, well, you do know she just stole everything else <laughs> that I own. Like, all I have left is this car. <laughs> and so after basically arguing with the Holy Spirit uh, for a little bit, I turned around, went to the DMV and got the title for the car. Now, keep in mind, this is a paid off car. Okay, no car note. <laughs> so I got the title, put her name on it. And when I got to the house, sure enough, she was there. And instead of confronting her about it, I walked up to her and handed her the title and said, the Lord told me to give you this. She looked confused. She was like, she should, like you see the look in her eyes, like, okay, is this car going to blow up? Like, what's, what's the deal here? <laughs> um, but then if because of that, I think once that happened, that is literally the thing that opened up the supernatural over my life. This is the experience that happened right before. I had that other um, testimony of going from homeless to CEO in 11 days Amen. where I was able to get an office building without paying anything. So it literally opened up the supernatural over my life. And so a lot of times, this is what one thing I try to tell people that when you're looking for a miracle or when you're looking for the supernatural to be released in your life, a lot of times when we pray for it, the next thing we're expecting is the thing we pray for, but that's not how it works in the realm of the spirit. <laughs> right? If you pray and say, Lord, I need this financial miracle, that's not the next thing that you're going to see. The next thing that you're going to see is an opportunity to give. You're going to see an opportunity to do something that has nothing to do with you. And remember when Jesus was asked at the wedding and they needed more wine, right? And his mom came and sent them to him. He was like, we need more wine. And Jesus was like, what does that have to do with me? He was like, my hour has not yet come right? 
But because he stepped out to fulfill that need that had nothing to do with him, he stepped into his hour and that was his first miracle. Turning the water into wine. And so that's what you see. Whenever you need a miracle from God, you're going to see opportunities to give, opportunities to bless somebody, opportunities to be a blessing to somebody and their problems, something that has nothing to do with you. Because a lot of times when we're going through our own stuff, you're like, well, I didn't think about nobody else's problems, right? But that's when the Lord's going to send you somebody else with their problem. <laughs> so do you believe sometimes if you don't pass that test, say if you ask for that prayer or you pray that request to the Lord, sorry, you pray that request to the Lord and he puts these tests in your path and you skip over them, you don't do them. Does that hinder your prayer request or does that block your prayer request? What do you think? Oh, it definitely hinders um, because keep in mind, that's the thing that was meant to get you the miracle. That's the thing that was meant to cause you to step into that hour, right? So if you miss it or don't do it, it's, it's kind of like you're walking away from it yourself. It's not God. It's not like he didn't send you the opportunities because keep in mind, God gives you things to do according to the way things work in the spirit. And the problem is we are so used to the way things work in the natural that we don't understand how to flow with the way things work in the spirit. If he says, give, and it shall be given unto you, press down, shaking together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom for the, with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. So the way the process works is he uses men, right? <laughs> it's given back to you, press down, shaking together as men give unto your bosom. So you have to be, be willing to be that man or woman that he uses on one side for you to see it flow into your hands on the other side. It's the same thing. If my hands are closed, nothing can go in or come out. But if it's open to give out, then that flow can come right back in mm -hmm. um, of what he's given to me and it will come back, breast down, shaking together and running over. But so many of us miss those opportunities because we don't recognize it as an opportunity to step into the supernatural. Anytime we give, it's just automatically stepping into the supernatural because that was the first thing God did for God so loved the world that he gave. So when you do that, it puts you right in alignment with him. Amen. Amen. What a great tutorial. What a great teaching. So I want to get back to you when you got, well, one, I take it you didn't ask for your things back because like you said, God told you to give her the lease to your car the deed to your car, I'm sorry, the deed to your car. After that, yeah, you said you went to sit on God's lap. You were at your bed, but you said you're short. How tall are you? <laughs> I am four, 10 and uh, something like that. Almost four eleven. You have to add that half in there. I love it. I feel like I always tell people, I feel like short people are so powerful. So don't, <laughs> don't be ashamed of it. I love it. Well, okay. So <laughs> you're okay. So you were short. So you had to jump up on the bed. How was that for you? I mean, did everything around you just change? I mean, did like the whole view change? What, how did that happen? You just jumped on the bed and yeah, the next thing you know, you were. Mm -hmm. I jumped backwards onto the bed. And the minute I hit the bed, when I landed on it, I was no longer on the bed. I was on his lap. So that, it was, it was just that quick. It wasn't even like, and that's, I think people don't understand like how close the spirit realm is. We think it's like, you have to go on this long journey to get there. Like, just like that, like you can snap your fingers and be there. And that's how fast life is. Like when you die, you literally, hey, so if you don't, if you have opportunity to repent, repent now, because it can happen just like this. So fast. I remember even the car accident that I was in where the car flipped over three times. It happened so fast. 
Like it's, it could, it could be just like that. So that's how fast it was. Literally the minute I hit the bed, I was instantly sitting on his lap. Would you believe Jennifer Bagnashi's book, I Saw God Last Night, is not only a page turner, but readers are right. You won't be able to put it down. Strap on your seatbelt and get ready for a supernatural ride. Prepare to be captured on an enticing journey along one person's true life story of multiple face-to-face -face encounters with the supernatural realm, including God, angels, visions, and more. If I saw God last night, experience the sting of disappointment when a testimony is shared and rejected by the people we think are believers and the joy of being received by those we never suspect. Millions of people around the world, along with spiritual leaders, have been misled that God is dead or that divine supernatural encounters are nothing other than nonsense and lies, many of which discourage those who believe in them or often won't believe unless it happens to them also. More times than not, experience Stomp's philosophy. As you absorb the pages of this book, you will learn the spiritual dangers of bringing particular items into your home, the power that comes with spoken words, why religion won't get you into heaven, why it's crucial for you to know the voice of God for yourself. You will also scope out how you too may also walk into the same supernatural realm, if not higher. Order your copy of I Saw God Last Night at www.deepbeliever.com. So was it God the Father's lap you were on or was it Jesus's lap? Mm -hmm. Yes, this was God the Father's lap. Now with that though, you said you learned something and this is what I mentioned earlier. You learned about the lineage. Uh -huh. Talk about that. So one of the things that um, I think we don't think about is when we read, you know how there's the text that talks about, you know, and, and this person begat this person and that person begat that person. And a lot of times we overlook that text. That's the well, that's the page that we skip, right? When we're reading the Bible and we get to that part. Well, don't read that part. You know, it's not important. This person begat this person. Okay, that's all the lineages all the way down, right? But it was very, very key. Um, the reason why God took the time to actually put that in the text was to, to show that Jesus's lineage was pure. He had to show that because Jesus was the lamb without blemish. And that blemish, when you really go back and look at the meaning of that, it means that he was the lamb that didn't have any type of, um, let me see, mess, mess, it, his DNA hadn't been messed with, so to speak. So that's why they have the lineage there, to show you all the way down to the lineage through David because he comes from the he's son of David as they call him right so that that is important and if it's important to God then it's important for you too because when you think about lineage and just the way that lineage works right the only reason why we are sons of God or have the ability to even operate um, as sons of God is because of our lineage because Jesus came paid the price bought us back, restored us back to the family. And now we are again, citizens, you know, no longer aliens, it says, but citizens of the kingdom of God, right? So within that lineage, it gives us access to certain things. And if we don't understand that lineage, or if we don't create enough of a bond with God to understand that lineage, we'll never be able to walk out what we have access to. So one of the things that I talked about was the fact that when I was sitting in God's lap, it's kind of like when you start your life, right? 
most people, you know, there's not a lot of people who have maybe parents that leave them an inheritance, right? So essentially they may be starting from broke or starting from being in debt, which essentially is almost like starting from behind, right? And then you have this other person who, you know, their dad left them, you know, a million dollars as an inheritance. And it's, it's like, it's not fair, right? They had a head start because they had all this stuff their dad left them. I'm starting from, you know, the debt my dad left me, right? So, um, and, and it's kind of like that. When we understand that because of who we come from, whose image we're made and who, who's, who we're made, whose name we're made in the image of, because of God and who he is, we're not starting from where we are. And I think that's one of the first revelations that we need to get. I don't care if you're sitting in a homeless shelter right now. I don't care if you're in a hospital bed right now. I don't care if you're on the brink of a divorce right now. You are not starting from where you are because your father has an inheritance that was already left for you. And there is a covenant, a blood covenant that was made and sealed and signed that says that you are entitled to that inheritance. So you are starting with an inheritance. You're essentially starting your life from God's lap. You're not starting it from where you are in the world. You're not starting it from where your bank account says right now. You're starting it from the lap of a father who is wealthy, who is powerful, who has given you keys to the kingdom, who has given you all power and authority in the earth, who has given you the name of Jesus, who has given you even power in your tongue that whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And he's given you even power to get wealth. He's given us everything we need to start with. And we're starting from that point. We're not starting from where we think we are. Another powerful thing when I was sitting on God's lap is it, it not only allowed me to be close to him and know that he was with me, but also it allowed me to see this life from his perspective, seated on his throne. That, and that's another thing that we miss out on when we don't understand our lineage. Our lineage makes us kings and priests. And when we're able to see this world through God's perspective, from that place where you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, which is what your lineage got you, your lineage got you a seat in heaven where you are seated with Christ Jesus. That is where you're starting from. And when you understand that, and when you look at the world from that perspective, all of the problems that seem so big look really, really small from up there. It really does. That's the reason why I said that you shouldn't be praying from earth to heaven. You should be praying from heaven to earth. You should be sitting in your seat, seated in heavenly places, praying and decreeing from that place, what you want to see down here. And it's that perspective that we have when we really understand the lineage that we come out of. And the more time we spend with God, the more we can understand our father. And the more we can understand our father, the more we can understand our lineage. And the more we can understand our lineage, the more we're able to figure out what our purpose is on this earth. You will never find it unless you understand your father. That's why you see a lot of people who never bonded with their parents struggling really to be able to accomplish anything because there's still that missing link of who am I? I never got to connect with who I am or, or whose image I'm made in. So now it's going to be really, really hard for me to go out and actually do what I was placed in this earth to do and have the confidence to do it 
that confidence comes from knowing that you are accepted, loved, and protected, and that God is with you. Now, when you say our lineage, who are you referring to when you say to know our lineage? I'm referring to Christians, <laughs> those who have been accepted in the beloved, those who have been bought by the blood of Jesus. Now, if you are not a Christian, then you can't be a citizen of the kingdom, right? Nicodemus was like, okay, I hear you're doing all this great stuff, Jesus, but how do I get born again? Do I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born the second time? <laughs> he says, no, of course not. <laughs> you need to be born of water and of the spirit. So you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But then notice Jesus also said that you need to be born of the spirit. So receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior and confessing it with your mouth is only the first part of actually living this walk. Yes, you'll have fire insurance and you may not go to hell, but to fulfill your purpose, you need to be born of the spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. That's why he sent us the comforter because he said, I'm not gonna be with you forever, but I'm sending someone who is gonna lead you and guide you into all truth. He's gonna teach you everything you need to do because these works that I did, you will do greater, right? So it's, it's also being born of the spirit. I think that's another part we don't think about um, as Christians. We also need to be born of the spirit. That's why he was like, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? I think that's the most important question in the text, because we have so many people who have gotten saved. They've said the sinner's prayer, they've received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But have they received the Spirit since they believed? Because they're still living defeated lives. They're still not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not walking in the firepower and authority of the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to quicken everything on the inside of you. He has to quicken every gift on the inside of you. He has to quicken that power um, to get wealth on the inside of you. He has to quicken it. Every gift of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit in order for you to be not be a mean Christian and to, and to have the patience and the long-suffering and all of those fruits. You have to have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the whole second part of your Christian walk and walking out your purpose requires also having the Holy Spirit. So being born both of the water, you know, where we're, where we're, re, where we're risen with Christ in that power and authority, but then also having the Holy Spirit, being born of the Spirit to be able to live and actually live out those fruits of the Spirit um, and see the blessing of the Lord. So question for you, when you were on Jesus's lap or the Father's lap, so to speak, you said you felt Holy Spirit wrap his arms around you. What did that feel like? And again, what happened when Holy Spirit wrapped his arms around you? So it was more like a comforter. It was almost like somebody dropped a comforter over you type thing. It was like, oh, <laughs> so many, there's no words to put it in. Um, it was warm, kind of like a comforter, but just, you know, out of this world different though. Like if you could combine maybe the hug of a mother, a grandmother, maybe your 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 husband or your wife or your or your or your first love or the best, the greatest love you've ever had in your life, combine all of them <laughs> and times if times, I don't know, a million, <laughs> maybe that would kind of get close to describing just the the warmth and the love that that comforter brings. Um, and I think that's one part too of the Holy Spirit that we don't really talk about or think about is, you know, not just is he a good teacher and teaching you and leading you and guiding you into all truth, but he's the one that's there. You know, when you're crying on your pillow, 
or when you're, you know, maybe going through some warfare that you're just getting tired, like, okay, God, I'm tired. Every time I turn around, it's more warfare, it's more warfare. He's the one that's there that brings that actual comfort um, that you need to keep pressing on, that you need to keep believing God, that you keep, that you need to keep pressing toward that mark of the prize, you know? He's the one that brings that. And just that experience helped me see the Holy Spirit too in a whole nother way. And not only does he bring that love and that comfort, but there is such a feeling of protection. You know how like that little kid will go under the blanket and cover themselves to feel protected. Uh, it, it was, it's kind of like that, but it's that, it's that protection is on a whole nother, and you can feel it. It's on a whole nother level. And it's just, there's so many times that God is protecting us, but we don't even know that he is. That's another thing we'll see when we get to heaven. All the times that he protected you, that you should have died or you should have been in an accident or this should have happened, but he kept it from happening and you didn't even know. You were just going on your little merry day, right? You had no idea. So yeah, so it's, there's no way to put it in words, but that love, that comfort and that protection is, you could feel all of that in just one drop of a warmth of a blanket type thing. Amen. And that reminds me of Jesus when he, when he left the earth physically, he said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you with a comforter. So that even confirms what you just said. How question for you. How did you know for sure it was Holy Spirit? So when you're in heaven, right, because this was on the throne that this happened, there's, you just have an understanding of everything. That's why I tell people all the time, like all the questions that you have about the world, about the earth, is it flat? Is it round? All those questions. You're not going to have any of those when you get there, because literally when you're in heaven, like you don't even have to talk with your mouth. Like it's just your thoughts. You, you, you automatically know, you just know stuff. There's no way to, I don't even know how to put it in words because once you're up there, you, you have that understanding that you didn't have before. Because understand the reason why we have a hard time understanding things here on the earth is because we're trying to understand them with this brain. Okay, so there's no limitation of this brain in the spirit. When you're out of your body and you're, you know, in heaven, you don't have that limitation. You have your spirit man. And if your whole, if the Holy Spirit is in you too, too, and you're up there, it's kind of like you know everything because you know everything he knows. There's, there's no wondering about anything. You have no questions anymore when you're up there. So I didn't have to wonder, oh, is this, I, you, oh, you just know. There's just a knowing when you're up there, just like when you get up there, you're going to know when you meet your family members, you're going to know you, even if you haven't seen your great, great grandma before, you're going to know that's her when you see her. It's just, you're just going to know stuff that you didn't know down here. That's, that's a fantastic answer. Cause that's what I was hoping you would say. And that's exactly what you said. Um, so I want you to go over the four facts of sitting on God's lap. Again, you said that there is a bonding and what are the other three? So it's the first thing that happens is the bond. Okay. That bond with the, the, with the, the father and the child that lets the child know, number one, well, so number one is the bond. And then once they have the bond and they're sitting on that lap or, or in the midst of that bonding, it allows the child to feel accepted, which is number two. It allows the child to feel love, which is number three. And then it allows the child to feel protected, which is number four. So those were the four, bond, accepted, loved, and protected. If you miss the bond, you'll never fully feel accepted. You'll never fully feel loved by God. You'll never fully feel protected by God. And that is the biggest, I think, epidemic in, in Christendom because we have so many people 
who have said the sinner's prayer, but because they haven't really bonded with the Lord and taken the time to go on dates with him and spend time with him, they still don't feel accepted. They're still worried like, oh, I don't feel like God forgave me, or they still don't feel loved by God. Well, I feel like God is angry at me, or they don't feel protected by God. So it, 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 it all stems from not having the bond. That's why it's so important um, to be able to set that time aside to go on dates with your father. Spend time in the secret place because there's no way you'll be able to fulfill your purpose on the earth without that bond, which is why I wrote my book <laughs> to help people be able to fulfill their purpose um, in the earth. Because I have so many people asking me that. And from the last time that I was on here, Jennifer, um, and telling my testimony, I had so many people, you know, ask me about their book in heaven. Hey, you know, can are you able to read my book and tell me what's in my book in heaven and stuff like that? Because I want to make sure I'm doing what God has called me to do. I want to make sure I'm fulfilling my purpose. At the end of the day, it starts with that bond. And so because I had so many people ask me that question, I was like, okay, I'm just going to write a book. <laughs> so I actually wrote a book called Purpose Navigator, um, which is literally a day-by-day, 90-day guide. So it's not like a book where you just take, sit there and read it and get nothing out of it. It's literally a day-by-day, -day. like day one, read this verse, do this. Day two, all the way 90 days through to finding out what their purpose is. And how can we find the book? Um, the book is on my website, which is Mind Your Business Show, like a TV show. So mindyourbusinessshow.com. So they can go there. Um, and then as they scroll down, they'll see the Purpose Navigator book on there. Um, and then even in addition to the book, because I did have a lot of people ask about, you know, finding their purpose, but I also had a lot of people asking, hey, patients, are you able to read my book and tell me what's in my book? And so in addition to the book, I am also having an event, a prophetic seminar coming out where I can read out of people's books, prophesy into them, impart into them what they're supposed to be doing. You know, what better way to go into, you know, 2023, um, but by finding out what's in your book and then being able to fulfill that purpose. So it's actually going to be March 4th, of this year, March 4th. My birthday is March 5th. So what I did was the same day that I'm having the prophetic seminar, after the seminar, we're going to have a birthday banquet where they can, you know, eat, you know, dress up in a nice ball gown and, you know, eat with me and um, celebrate, have an after party. So we have the seminar in the morning, the prophetic seminar where I can prophesy, read out of the books, impart to them. And then that evening we'll celebrate my birthday with the, a nice elegant banquet. And then we'll have the after party after that. Yeah. So. Is this a closed event or is this open to anyone? How does that work? It's open to anyone um, who would, you know, like to come to a seminar, start the new year well, and, you know, be able to fulfill their purpose. At the end of the day, you know, get the purpose navigator, but it's even better if you come in person also, so I can impart into you, speak into your life and, and see, maybe see what's in your book. Now, keep in mind, I, I do this one thing I do like to point out because people are like, well, are you going to be able to read out of everybody's book? At the end of the day, I can read out of the books that God shows me, okay? And I have, there's no way I could be like, it doesn't work like, oh God, I, this, this is Jennifer. She would like me to read out of her book. Can you open it for me? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> so it's just at, when we're at the seminar, whoever books, you know, God opens up, those are the ones that I'm going to see. Now, the way my gift works, because everybody's prophetic gifting works differently. Like if a person is standing in front of me, if I touch a person, a lot of times I'm able to see um, flashes of from their book. And the way that it opens up to me, it's not, it's not like pages 
with words is like when the pages open up, it's, it's like video clips on each page. So sometimes if I touch somebody, I can see video clips of their life or if the Lord wants to and I'm and he's giving me a prophetic word for them, it'll be like a little TV screen that'll pop up next to their face and I'll see um, just clips from their life or their book will open up next to their face and I'll see the pages flip, but it'll be in forms of videos. It'll be like video clips on each page. Um, and that's how I'm able to see what's already written in their book and what, what clips God has ready to happen in their lives. And that's going to happen, so, so to speak. So do so. you teach people, do you teach people how to read their books from heaven as well? Oh yeah. So I have a YouTube channel, which is Patience Dean Studios. If you just search Patience Dean Studios on YouTube, there's a full YouTube channel there. I teach you, you know, everything from how to download from your book in heaven. Um, Cause I, that's one of the things that I told people too. Like even every business that I have, I've downloaded my logo from heaven, literally my business plans from heaven, just um, from learning how to read out of my book. So there is a video um, on my YouTube channel, Patience in Studios. I think the video is called Speaking in Tongues, Guaranteed Results in Your Life and Business, because that's actually how you download from your book is by speaking in tongues. Well, it's one of the ways that you download. Um, so yeah, I have videos on there. There's a lot of teachings on there that walk you through um, and we also offer, you know, spiritual mentorship programs and stuff like that. And even business coaching, if you're trying to do a business from a Christian perspective, learning how to run your business, even out of heavens. Um, I, I, put it, I put it like this, on heaven's highway, not according to the world's economy. So again, could you again, tell us the name of your book and where we can find it just one more time. It is called Purpose Navigator. It was Purpose Navigator, the 90 day guide to finding and walking in your purpose. It was literally a day-by-day -day guide that you can follow. Great. And where can we find it again? It's my website, which is mindyourbusinessshow.com. It was mindyourbusinessshow.com. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And could you do me a favor? Could you pray for everyone watching who want to know their lineage, who want to have that bond with Jesus Christ, who wants to feel loved and accepted and and even pray for those or pray with those who want to give their life to Jesus. So if they're not a child of God, they, they can become one in order to receive these gifts that God has in store for them. Sure, I can do that. So Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for everyone that's watching. Uh, we thank you even for those who don't know you. And I pray now, Father, that you will um, allow them this year, Father, to be able to see you and to experience your grace and to experience your glory and to experience your love like they never have before in the name of Jesus. And even, Father, for those who are concerned um, that they're not able to fulfill their purpose or they don't know what their purpose is, Father, I pray that this will be the year that even as we have the Holy Spirit, that this will be the year that they will be completely filled with the Holy Spirit, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I impart the indwelling of the Holy Spirit now that will quicken every gift on the inside of us that will open our eyes to be able to see the hidden treasures and the hidden gems that's on the inside of us even as your word says that the spirit will reveal even great and mighty mysteries unto us even the mysteries of what we're supposed to be doing in this earth i decree and declare that this shall be the year that we'll see it i pray holy spirit that you will you'll quicken us and that you will bring even healing and deliverance even in the parts of our lives and father if there's any part of us and even our relationship with you that's causing us to not fully be able to receive everything 
we need from you. I pray, Father, that this will be the year that we'll have that closeness with you. This will be the year, Holy Spirit, that you'll show us the time that we have to be able to seek the Lord, for we know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So let this be the year, Father, that you will show us and teach us how to diligently seek you, how to dwell in that secret place of the Most High, that we can indeed abide under your shadow and see the benefits of your shadow and see even from the remnants of your shadow that we'll be able to see signs, wonders, and miracles, even in the lives of those around us. Father, light us on fire, O oh God, for your scripture says that you've made the angel spirits, but you've made your ministers a flame of fire. Let this be the year that you light us on fire for your purpose and your glory, and then put that candle on the hill that will be that light on the hill for your purpose and for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Patience, Dean. Thank you yet again for fantastic teaching and for a fantastic interview. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here.